You are listening to the teaching ministries of Southwest Church, located in the heart of Springboro, Ohio, at 150 Remick Boulevard, beside the Kaufman Family YMCA. Please visit our website at www.southwestchurch.org. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Senior Minister Roger Hendricks. Happy that you're here tonight to celebrate Christmas with us here at Southwest. And um, I, as I just prayed, I hope you have found the music as, as meaningful as I have. For the past four weeks, we've been unwrapping the Christmas story here at Southwest. And each week, we've literally opened a present on stage, and then we've put it on the bookshelf in this uh, cozy little family area that I'm standing here up on stage. And this week, we want to point to yet another gift that's up here on the bookshelf, because it's this gift that we want to point to tonight and, and seek to try to make that very meaningful to you. But before I get into talking about the meaning behind this object, let me share with you briefly that in, uh, in previous weeks, as we've unwrapped different uh, objects, so they pointed to different uh, parts of the story, of the, the Jesus story, told in the different Gospels. In the Bible, there's four Gospels that tell the story of Jesus, His life, His ministry, His teaching. And leading up to tonight, we've looked at two of the four Gospels, Matthew and Luke. And, and in Matthew and Luke, we find the answers to who, what, when, and where about the Jesus story. We learned in previous weeks who was involved. We learned, of course, about Mary and, and Joseph. And last weekend, we talked about the role of angels in the story and, of course, Tonight, we're here to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We can learn from those Gospels when this story happened, and we even get a hint from that from looking at our calendars, because even our calendars and the way we tell time have been affected by the birth of Jesus Christ. We're told where this story took place. In fact, from the video, we learned it was in Bethlehem, okay? And uh, I like this, the extra syllables there, and I hope you found that video as fun as I did. And as Andrew previously read, we learned the what happened, what happened at the birth. A, a baby was born who was announced as Savior, Lord, and Messiah at his birth. Now, although though the other Gospels help answer the who, what, when, and where, the fourth gospel in the Bible, the, the gospel of John, helps answer the question, why? Why was this baby born? And why should that be significant and meaningful for each and every one of us here and every person on this planet? So let's read how John began his gospel because he tells the beginning of the Jesus story different than the other gospel writers. In John chapter 1, in the very first three verses, we read these words. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. John begins unfolding the story in a very creative way. He, he links the Jesus story back to creation itself. If you go back to the very first chapter of the Bible, we read in the very first book, Genesis, the first chapter, we read, in the beginning God created. And yet John's twist is a little bit different. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, the first time I read this, I, I read it from a a little paperback New Testament that somebody had given me when I graduated from high school, very similar to the one that we make available. We have several of them out in the lobby. And if you're intrigued by this Jesus story tonight and you want to learn more about him, uh, we want to encourage you to pick one up on your way out. It's our gift to you. And, and, and you can read in a language that is easy for you to understand and easy for me to understand. And yet, the first time I read this, I, I asked myself, what, what was the word? What's John talking about? And then I noticed that the word was capitalized. And so I began to ask myself, is this word a person? And then I got to verse 14, and it, and it reads this way, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Then I realized the, that the word capitalized here in our English reading of it is not simply an abstract hidden principle or some secret concept kept under wraps, but instead the word is a person. And in verse 14, John identifies the word as the Son of God. In fact, if you go back and substitute the, the, the term in verse 1, it reads this way, in the beginning was the Son of God, and the Son of God was with God, and the Son of God was God. So you see, our Creator, God, communicates or fully reveals Himself to us through His Son, the Living Word, the one we know as Jesus of Nazareth, born of Mary. It's important for us to grasp here that the Son was with God the Father from the very beginning, before the creation and before the creation of human beings, and, and that Jesus Christ is himself God in the flesh. Now, before you and I get brain cramps trying to fathom the, the depth of this very important meaning, and, and, and maybe even quit reading John thinking that, well, John's just too difficult to understand. In fact, I wonder how many people have started reading the gospel of John and, and get through these first 18 verses and go, wow, this is pretty deep. I don't know if I can handle this. But you have to realize that, that this same John wrote probably the most familiar verse in the Bible just a couple chapters later in John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So our first answer to the question of why was the Son of God, the, the living Word of God, why was He born on earth? It's because God loves us. He wants to fully reveal Himself to us as a God of love, 
through his son, the living word, who had been with him from the beginning. So the big thought from the first chapter of John is that the son of God existed before Mary was carrying him and before he was born as a baby some 2,020 years ago. And that prior to being born, the Son of God was living in heaven. Now, I'm looking forward to living in heaven someday. It's going to be awesome. I can't think of a better place to live. And yet, on earth, it's hard for us to fathom how great heaven's going to be. So, so to, to try to help us connect with what a sacrifice it was for the Son of God to come to earth, I want you to think for a minute What's your favorite place you've ever lived? Maybe it's where you live right now. That's great. I hope that that's the contentment you have in your heart, that this is the the best place I've ever lived. Maybe for you it was, though, thinking back, the best place you've ever lived, even if just for a short time, was maybe that that week you spent at a ski lodge that that had a, a beautiful mountain view, and you thought, man, if I could just live here forever, it'd be awesome. Or maybe for some of you that like the beach like me, you think, no, it's that time we rented the condo on the beach, and it was just beautiful, and just for miles and miles it seemed like there was beach, and I just loved the water and the peace of it. Now, that, that was a great place to live. Think about your favorite place to live in all the earth. And think about that you have the opportunity to stay there forever, and yet you are moved by compassion because you're concerned for people that are going through a tough time, people that are even homeless, and you give up that, that dream location to live, and you decide to move to a large city with a lot of homeless people, and you decide to live under an overpass where homeless people are hanging out, just so you can communicate your care and compassion. And you might think, well, who would do that? What I want to share with you tonight is that Jesus made a bigger jump from heaven to earth than it would be for us, our dream location to live, to living under overpass with homeless individuals. So the first reason why is because John says God loves us. The second reason is that, that, that Jesus came to this earth to bring hope and to shed light on our life, and to to point to a better way to live. As we keep reading in John, that's what he describes beginning in verse 4. He says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skip on down to verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. Our life on earth can sometimes be challenging. We can face setbacks, trials, disappointments. We can find ourselves sometimes going through a pretty challenging season of life that seems dark. We can feel like our future is dismal, and and we can feel hopeless. And yet, Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven to earth to bring life and to bring light, to bring good news 
to bring meaning and to bring hope of a better way to live. You see, Jesus is truly the ultimate gift from God, a God who loves us and wants to lighten and brighten our lives. And yet that last verse that we read in John reminds us that this ultimate gift is only truly realized in our life if we receive it. Although the amazing gift of God's love, light, and life is available to all people, it's only realized in our lives if we receive it. Let's imagine for a moment that this nicely wrapped present that I have up here on stage, a a focus of our, our attention tonight, let's imagine that this was a gift that I had I'd personally bought for you. And I'm not saying the church. I'm, I'm saying you individually. And let's say following this time of worship, you know, I, I sift through the crowd and I find you. And I say, I want you to know that I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And, and I bought this gift just for you. I think you'll find it meaningful. In fact, I, I think it'll light up your life. I've been waiting to do that, okay? Last night, I pushed the wrong button. I was up here. It really lost the dramatic effect when you push the wrong button, okay? You know, I never had one of those shoes that light up kids, you know, when you, when you walk, so this is the closest I'll get to it. But what would you think if, if out of all the people here, I, I sought you out and said, I brought one gift, and it's for you tonight. And you said, oh, that was really nice. But she said, you know, I'm, I'm here with family. In fact, we're going to go out to dinner afterwards. I, I don't have, is it okay if I just open it later? That's fine. It's fine. It's a gift for you. And so I just want you to open it later tonight, or at least on Christmas Day. Open it because it's my gift to you. Now, let's say next week you come back, and we're going to have services next week on a weekend on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And, and we're going to have one more message in this message series, and we're going to have one more object up here. on. And, and you say, I want to come back and see what he puts on that top shelf, okay, and, and find out where he's going with this. So you come back, and, and, and I see you, and I, I find you in the... In the crowd, I said, what did you think of that gift? You know, you know, Roger, it's, it's, been, it's been a busy week. We had family town. We traveled. You know, I, I'm sorry. It just got hectic. I never got around to open. That's okay. That's okay. It's, it's a gift for you. I just think you'll find it very meaningful. Then some time passes. A couple of months, I'm at a restaurant with my wife, and you see me, and you come up to me. You know, I was just talking about you the other day and how nice it was for you that, that on Christmas you gave me a present. And I, well, what would you think? Did you like the gift? Well, you know, after the holidays, the kids are in new sports. We just got busy, and I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't opened it yet, but I, I'm going to get around to it. Now, if you were me, what would you think? I went to great effort to get you this gift, and, 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 and you, you said you appreciated it, but you never got around to unwrapping it. You never got around to personalizing it and truly accepting that gift into your life. You see, my fear is that we can do that with Jesus Christ. 
John continues in in verse 12. He says, Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Do you see what John's saying? He's saying to those who will respond to this ultimate gift of God's Son, and, and by faith, John says, we can receive the promise of new life and, and the right to become an adopted part of God's family. You see, it's one thing to gather with some other people on Christmas Eve and, and sing some songs and hear some facts about Jesus' birth and say, yeah, I, I intellectually believe there's a historical guy named Jesus and that he was born in Bethlehem, and, 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 and I believe all that's true. And yet it's an altogether different thing to truly respond with all of our hearts to this ultimate gift to truly believe that He is the living Word of God, to believe that He is the light to shine a path for us to live, and that that when we find ourselves off that path, that we take corrective measures. The Bible describes that as repentance. And then to acknowledge to ourselves and to others and to confess Him, not just as the Son of God, but as Lord and Savior. And to truly experience what John talks about here, to be born again, born into God's family by experiencing the good news of forgiveness and eternal assurance promised in baptism. Here's my question for you tonight. Not just are you here to celebrate and acknowledge that he was born, but have you truly received him as your Lord and Savior? And some of you say, yeah, I did that years ago. Well, how's that gift impacting your life day to day? Jesus said part of following him is it's a daily decision. And are you continuing to daily respond to him? Or are you just content to take this incredible gift and acknowledge that it's been given, but put it back up on the shelf and say, yeah, I'll revisit it again. Maybe next year. You see, it's one thing to give lip service to the gift. It's another thing to truly receive it and respond. This week, I came across a story told by Dave Stone, a pastor in Louisville, Kentucky. And I want to share it with you because I believe in in closing, before we have a time of communion and then have a couple final songs, I... I think that this story helps illustrate the why behind why Jesus came. Why did Jesus come from heaven to earth for us? The story is told of a, of a young couple, husband and wife with two small children. They had gone through a pretty rocky time. It had been challenging. It had been stressful. And, and the wife was really getting burnt out. And, and she just felt like she needed a break. She started telling that to the husband. But just life was busy. And finally, one day, he wakes up in bed. But instead of his wife being there, there's a note. And the note said, I need a break. I need to get away. Well, he knew she needed a little bit of space. So he just texted her that day hey, I know you need a little break, but I just want you to know I love you and I need you and I'm looking forward to you coming home. The next day, she still wasn't home. 
So he begins to call. At first, he leaves messages. I want you to know I love you and I need you. The kids and I want you to come home. Eventually, she picked up the phone, and and it wasn't just a message, and he told her in person over the phone, I love you, I need you, I want you to come home. And he could even hear her whimper. He could even hear that that was moving to her, but there was a stiffness, there was a resistance, and she said, no, I'm just not ready to come home. And finally, he got more intentional as Christmas started approaching, and he hired a private investigator. And the private investigator searched and searched and finally found his wife in a rough part of Las Vegas at a seedy motel. The husband made arrangements for the children, somebody to watch them, and he traveled from the Midwest where they lived all the way to Las Vegas. And, and, and that, those days leading up to his trip out there, she was starting to feel lonely. She was starting to feel very desperate And after receiving numerous calls every day and texts and messages, finally she hears a knock on the door. She throws open the the curtain and sees her husband standing there. She opens the door, falls in his arms, and he says, I love you, I need you, I want you to come home. Quickly, she goes and grabs her clothes, puts it in the suitcase, heads to the car. There's this family reunion at Christmas time. It's great. Some time has passed. Christmas is over. The kids are back in school. And and the husband says to her, I don't understand. I called. I texted. I messaged. I told you that I loved you. I needed you. But you didn't respond. Why is it that when I flew all the way to Las Vegas, and then you had a change of mind. She said, until that time, it was simply words. But when you came that far to show me that you really loved me and that you really wanted a relationship, it made all the difference. Aren't you glad that God just didn't send words, I love you, I want a relationship? God came all the way from heaven to earth. This is the ultimate gift. Are you willing to embrace it with all of your heart and with all of your life and respond to that gift every day of your life? I hope you will. If you don't even know how to respond, we'd love to know how we can help you. But maybe for all of us, a first step is just to observe a time of communion. We've got three tables up here. We've got four tables in the back. And we want to invite you during the playing of some music to make your way to the nearest table and take a piece of bread and to realize that we're here to recognize tonight the one that came from heaven to earth that became flesh, real person, Jesus of Nazareth. But not only did he make the sacrifice from heaven to earth, he eventually went to a cross And to make the sacrifice of shedding his blood so we could be forgiven. So as you dip in the juice, remember the sacrifice that he made. And then as you take communion tonight, as I'm going to ask myself, I want you to ask yourself, how am I responding to this gift? And am I going to live a life that shows I truly, truly appreciate the one who didn't send words, he came. Let's pray together.
Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your incredible love, for your plan of not just sending messages you love us, but you showed us by sending your son. Jesus, thank you for giving up heaven to come here. Help us not just tonight to appreciate that, but help us live lives that show our appreciation of the sacrifice that you made for us just to let us know that you love us and you want a personal relationship with us. Help us examine our effort and our response to that love at this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Southwest Church Teaching Ministries. We are a community of people committed to following Jesus and making disciples. Please join us for one of our three weekly gatherings, Saturdays at 5.30 p.m., Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11.15 a.m.